This is Julie Mullins, editor of Forest News, on site at COP25 in Madrid, Spain. I'm here with Marcus Ilhalainen, who is the gender co-coordinator at C4. And uh, I just wanted to ask you, Marcus, uh, you've just hosted or coordinated a session on um, finance and technology in catalyzing sustainable and gender equitable change. Uh, how do you feel about what was discussed here? I mean, I think it was really interesting. So I think that, you know, the idea for the event came from kind of what we're seeing coming out from the evidence, which is that really um, structural inequalities, uh, you know, mean that the structural inequalities that are there on the ground mean that climate action when it takes place and it does not sort of systematically try to address those inequalities, that, that risks both sort of uh, provide adverse impacts on women as well as um, risking the sort of effectiveness and sustainability of the climate action. So I think what really came out is that it's really key. I mean, we had a people from, from, from the finance sector and who were saying it's really important for them to try to invest in women. But at the same time, we heard voices who were really stressing the fact that for that investment to generate the kind of, the kind of transformative, transformative change, you need to have, you, you need to complement it with trying to address structural inequalities. And we have a lot of good examples coming out during the talks. Okay. And could you maybe cite an example of what you mean by a structural inequality? I mean, the structural inequality, say, I mean, one of the, one example could be relating to access to information, for example. And so, see, for some of work on Red Plus, and they found that, um, you know, in, in Red Plus, uh, sort of in the consultations on the local level, you would see that, you know, men, women tended to participate far less than men. But even when women participated, they were sort of significantly disadvantaged because they had much less information about Red Plus, which means that in terms of their participation to really be meaningful, um, they're, they're starting at a really big disadvantage. So that's the type of you know, structural inequality that kind of means that when you're just when your approach to gender is about sort of safeguards and doing no harm and you're kind of just approaching it through kind of process measures so for example uh, making sure that women participate in negotiations that's not necessarily that doesn't mean that doesn't guarantee that women's concerns are really integrated into the project design and the implementation Okay. And so, I mean, do you have any thoughts or comments on the overall process, at, uh, the COP process, in terms of this, this, uh, this aspect of uh, gender and, and women being involved in, in these kind of structural systems? I mean, I think it's going in many directions, right? So in the Paris Agreement, um, gender was featured in uh, sort of the preamble as well as in, in context of adaptation and capacity building, I think. Um, but, and so, you know, so it was good to get some of that language in the, in the text. And you see, you know, as we heard today in the talks, I mean, we see um, the climate funds and uh, investments, investment banks uh, paying more attention to gender. So there is definitely movement towards, towards that, but at the same time, you know, we're here talking about the Article 6 negotiations and, you know, we're seeing less references to human rights. And, of course, gender is an aspect of human rights as well. Um, 
the Green Climate Fund decided not to, uh, you know, up update their gender policy to a gender responsive one from a gender sensitive one. So I think that there are sort of there's movement back and forth, and it's not really. I mean, you see progress, but you also do see kind of movement in the other direction. Okay. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with me today. It's Julie Mullins signing off.